0: Well, we've got another before and after passage. We had Ephesians 2, you were dead and now you're alive, looking at Jesus' resurrection. Yeah. And now we've got you were far and now you're near, focusing on the crucifixion. It's funny that it's the other way around. We often do Jesus' death and then his resurrection, but Paul does Jesus' resurrection, then his death. And let's start again with structure. And there's quite an intriguing structure for this passage. Do you want to talk us through it?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those sandwiches where you have bread, Butter, jam, butter, bread, Uh, but in quite an extensive and detailed way. So at either ends, you've got this repeat of uh, citizenship that's in verse 12. It's disguised with the word Commonwealth, but it's the word citizenship of Israel. And you get that again in verse 19. And then going in again, verse 12, strangers. And then verse 19, no longer strangers. Uh, you get far off and brought near in 13, far off and near in 17. Uh, then you get peace um, in 14, peace in 17, uh, hostility uh, 14, killing hostility in 16. And it all focuses in on the middle, which is 15 and the beginning of 16. And in general, you know, when you see... Um, you know people love looking at these detailed structures, and the question is, what's the, the payback? What does noticing this actually give any real benefit? And the answer is, yes, it does. Um, because it shows the reversal, you've got all the problems, you were cut off, you were far off, um, and then that's reversed because you're the hostilities killed, you're brought near, etc. So, noting the structure shows that you've got a before and after, but also it focuses you in on. What is the centre, the hub of it all? And the answer is Jesus' death, his blood shed. And the reason that's so significant for us is because unity, we know, is important in the church. But it really helps us to know that it was blood bought. So when I disrupt unity, when I protect it, am it's really Jesus' blood that's the issue. Am I um, protecting something that he has spilt his
0: blood for? Yeah. So he basically got a before, not before, during, after, but it's before the work of Jesus on the cross, then what happened at the cross, and then the consequences or the benefits of the cross. So if you look at those sections, yeah. so before, what, verses 11 and 12, I guess, um, and then in verse 13, but now, this great turning. But one of the great but nows of the, of the Bible, the other one was in Ephesians, early in chapter 2, Yep. But now you've been made alive. But now in Christ Jesus, you want to have been brought near. And then verse 19, so then. So we'll do it sort of a before and after. And then, as you say, in the middle of the cross. So if we take those sections, the before, actually this contains the only actual instruction in the passage, mm-hmm. which is remember. So if we're taking Paul's key, what does he want us to do? in this? You know, what's the outbox? The outbox is remember the before. Yeah. Um, Remember what things were like before you came to know the gospel. Um, And I remember we said when we were discussing this, that on the one hand, um, there were huge differences before Christ that were, you know, you were far off, you were alienated, you were strangers. And on the other hand, there were just prejudices differences. So do you want to talk us through the difference between 11 and
1: 12? Yeah, thank you. So... Remember, remember, 11, 12. This is the beginning of November, so that fits in with the point of the At year. At the time of recording. Yeah, the 5th of November. Um, so the verse 12 is really highlighting the significance of the Jew-Gentile difference. You were separated from the life from Christ, etc. But then verse 11 kind of relativizes the difference. Oh, you, it was called the uncircumcision, uh, which is made in the flesh by hands, so it was just a human thing and you've got both going on in those verses because there's a time difference i think so historically you could it was a very very significant difference whether you were in israel or not but today in ephesus don't get um don't think that you're disadvantaged now now it's just circumcision or uncircumcision is just in the flesh by hands don't don't be put offside by those who make a big deal of
0: it today so verse 12 is a theological difference that god created he actually separated out israel from the nations mm-hmm. but once god has welcomed you the only difference that's left is just the it's just prejudice and cultural so you couldn't say oh it's not like racial divisions today or you know black and white and you go this is a human made ugly division that god doesn't recognize Actually, this was an actual God-given division originally between Israel mm-hmm. and the other nations. But once the God-given division is overturned, all you've got left is ugly racism. Yeah, yeah, that's helpful. And why remember? What is what's the effect on the Christian of dwelling on this?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it um, sounds negative, and we've, we're going to get it three times through Ephesians, where you know dwell in your past life and how terrible it was, and you think isn't that you know very negative, but This is where the power subjectively for unity comes from, is remembering that really I've got nothing to bring to the table in my racial, ethnic, any of my kind of uh, CV points that I would bring to the table and say, I'm a slightly better than them at least. Um, And he goes, no, the only thing you bring to the table is your sin. Um, And actually remembering that is going to be the key to... When we get to chapter four, and we're uh, we're told to be a humble church, and a humble
0: church is one that remembers, remember, remember, yeah. And this, this I mean, we're neither of us are Jewish, and the Ephesian church is gentile, as far as we can tell, yeah. So, I mean, anti-Semitism, what a nonsense for a Christian, right? So, actually, we were outside of the Commonwealth of Israel, and what a privilege it is now to be in it. So but you yeah, don't get above yourself,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: We, we have a lot there's a lot of entitlement I suppose isn't there in our culture like God owes me and this is no God owes you nothing separate from so you just go through and separate yeah. from Christ so the Messiah the the Christos was the Jewish Messiah the Jewish king I mean if you're a Marabite, it's not a help to you that Israel's got a new king it's like bad news for
1: you someone to crush you when he's crowned yeah so you're, you've got no purchase on what is going to be the you know the really excellent thing that will happen is the sending the messiah that's only bad for us if we're
0: gentile and alienated from the citizenship strangers Strangers. to the covenants of promise i mean we're looking actually in church at the moment at god's promises to abraham but he used to say they've got nothing to do with us i mean of course now we realize that by faith we can be children of abraham but before we're included yeah strangers and then that really strong having no hope yeah. without God in the world. So chapter one tells us we have a hope and it's a hope
1: that the whole of creation, heaven and earth, brought under Christ. But until Christ comes, what, what hope is there?
0: Yeah. And then Christ does come. And we saw last time his resurrection raises us. As he's raised from death to life, we're raised in him from death to life, up and be seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now we think about his accomplishment on the cross and through his I mean it's it's Jesus death isn't it by the blood of Christ in verse 13 verse 16 in one body through the cross verse 18 through him. So as Jesus dies for us, and I guess there's there's overtones here of Jesus taking the consequence. it's a bloody violent execution in his death he brings around about two reconciliations in one. Yeah, so there's a horizontal and a vertical. Do you want to flag those up? So, the horizontal, the nice thing about horizontal and vertical, of course, is you can do a diagram which looks like a cross because you've got the up and down reconciliation and the side to side reconciliation. It's an easy visual aid. But the the side to side one, the far off have been brought near. So, Mm. Gentiles outside are brought close. Verse 14 he's our peace who's made us both one, which is gonna be a massive Ephesians theme, mm-hmm. and broken down his flesh to dividing all of hostility. Verse 15 again, to, might, might create in himself one in place of the two, so making peace. So that is a peace between Jew and Gentile, who were two and are now brought together. And then verse 16, might reconcile us both to God. So that's peace with God, vertically. And then verse 17 again, the far off and near, which is the horizontal. And then I love 18 it's sort of everything in one go. We we both have access in one there's one against spirit to the Father. So I have access to the Father, my Jewish friend has access to the Father, as we both come to the same father, we're brothers in the same family. So it's two reconciliations in one.
1: And it's worth just reflecting on. There's a lot of um, unity schemes in the world. So you know, everything like from the Olympics, which is going to bring the nations together through sport, or the UN, or, um, you know, the United Kingdom with you know, the Scottish question, multiculturalism. So. There's lots of societal ways, surely, we can create a unity. And actually discovering that it's harder than you think, um, Jesus' blood is required for it. Um, and it's re- it's required for it in a in a couple of ways one is in an objective way it's only you can only become brothers w- when you have one heavenly father um, so verse 18 it's as we are brought into access to him that real unity happens but also subjectively um, there's uh to to get on well with you I need humility and confidence uh, and only the gospel gives me the humility to say I've got nothing in myself that makes me superior or inferior, but confidence. You know I don't have to uh, play second fiddle the whole time. We're brothers. Um, you know you who were far off and now near. We we can just kind of you know be friends together. Um, so it's it just reminds me that this really does fix what
0: every what the world outside is desperately trying to fix the whole time.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And two little puzzles in these verses. One is abolishing the law of commands expressed in ordinances, you might read that as and some Christians do say that oh Jesus abolished the law um, but that gets you into problems later in Ephesians mm-hmm. because in chapter 6 Paul actually used one of the ten commandments and quotes it and expects the Christians to obey it honour your father and your mother so it's not oh let's do away with everything that God commanded in the Old Testament um, we need a distinction so how do you hear what is said by chapter 2 verse 15 and yet not so set yourself up that you can't then hear chapter 6 verse 2. So, in one sense, the law is going to tell you how to live, in another sense, it's been abolished. How do we reconcile that?
1: So, even in verse 15, there's it doesn't say abolishing the law, he says abolishing the law of commandments expressing ordinances. There seems to be a specificity, and in the context, clearly, there were laws which were designed really to keep distinction, food laws. Um, it, ceremonial laws not were only for the Jews etc and so it seems a very natural reading of it to say well the the laws which kept them separate have gone Jesus declared all food clean etc you can now eat at the same
0: table and that's why I am in Acts isn't it there's quite a big deal about specifically those things say so Cornelius to go and Peter to go and eat with Cornelius requires a vision saying Peter it really really is okay to eat pigs and fawns and and then they have to have a big council in Jerusalem to say, are we really sure that it's okay for the Gentiles to come in on these terms? So that's flagged, whereas you don't get a pastor in the New Testament saying, and don't worry about honouring your parents anymore. <laughs> like that's very no yeah. much to enforce. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was fascinating is one of the reasons I've always struggled to sort of think how to apply this to the church today is the G-Gentile division isn't really the biggest issue at Grace Church Greenwich, like... Um, Maybe we've got a couple of Jewish people, but, you know, we love them. And there's not a massive division culturally, ethnically on Jew-Gentile lines. But you had a fascinating insight on this, which I thought, yeah, share it with us. Well, I was wondering
1: whether, um, unlike Romans, where, you know, he's he's looking to the Jew, looking to the Gentile, and kind of talking to them both, um, I couldn't find in Ephesians where he's really addressing the Jew. And actually, it occurred to me that if it is... You know, he keeps on saying you Gentiles and then us apostles and Jews. Um, maybe um, there really wasn't uh, a big Jewish population in this church. And that tells us a couple of things. One, um, well, maybe Paul's got, had known and experienced that Judaizers follow him and he just wants to protect Um, Christians about that wherever he goes. The
0: Judaizers are the people who turn up saying you've got to be circumcised to really be properly saved. So they're trying to make people Jewish. And there's a kind of salvation by works theology that chases
1: Paul everywhere he goes. And verse 11, you you wouldn't be vulnerable to that because it's, you know, that's made in the flesh by hands. Who cares about that? You're not going to be, you know, listening to the Judaizers if you've had this letter. Um, But also I wondered whether actually it, it makes this letter much closer to us in here in our context, a Gentile context, which is that Jew or Gentile, this is your backstory. If God can fix the greatest division, one that he put in Jew and Gentile, um, your little divisions, and we'll have them, you know, class or race or background or whatever there is. Um, If you can see what God has done here, then your little ones
0: are much smaller. And why do you say little ones? Because you know like we can't see past the culture coming I mean black lives matter we're really aware of racism we're really aware of class in the u k like what what why is this a bigger one
1: and I don't mean little in that they're insignificant 'cause there's there's actually generations of um sin and and pain and it, it's um what I mean is that here is a division which um historically really um you know, right through the Old Testament was evident, and yet is is now gone. And now, by you know, uh, other ones theologically, they, they, they should evaporate. Um, well that's going to take a lot of work to, you know, maintain in,
0: this unity in, in practice. So basically, if God can put a Jew and a Gentile and make them brothers, any other division can be overcome and the, and he's being overcome in the church
1: yeah yeah and that's it's wonderful to know that it's a given we're, we're going to come on to this in chapter four that we're not working towards something as much as we've been given something as we come into land that the, the final images um, that we're given of the church are well there's two aren't there there's a body and a temple do you want to just tell us what's so rich and, and wonderful about understanding our new unity in these images
0: so body is going to be a massive thing in the next couple of chapters um, and Jesus, we've had it already actually haven't in chapter 1, so Jesus' head his body is the church but the body of the church is made up of different parts, different members and those parts are drawn from Jews and Gentiles you can't get much more united than you know my shoulder is to my torso I mean it's, it's, a, it's just a very vivid image and he'll run with it in, in different ways um, talking about building. they're not quite in the way that we imagine um, but the temple one it really catches my attention here because so um, we're no longer strangers and aliens but fellow citizens verse 20 built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ as the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord it's kind of even as it's building it's also a body isn't it because it's a building that grows so it's you know, it's not made with cranes and construction sites it sort of, he, he mixes together both metaphors but what more vivid picture could you have of unity than a temple um, because obviously the temple was the, the thing in the Old Testament that only the Jews could access this was the place of God dwelling amongst them you could pray there, you could have access to God and if you were a Gentile, keep out you know, there's a little bit for you, it's on the outside no no entry past here so it must have really brought home to them no exclusion but now they're not just allowed into the temple but they are the temple in which God is dwelling so so it would have meant a lot in terms of um, Jewish inclusion but also what an amazing image for the Ephesians because they live in Ephesus where the temple of Artemis the pagan goddess is on the horizon one of the wonders of the ancient world and all the time they're thinking we left behind this physical you know tangible expression of spirituality and they're like well he cares because you know goodbye artemis's temple because we are christ temple built on jesus himself it's just a Mm -hmm. wonder i mean it works at so many levels but um goodbye your pagan past you're now fully included in the the temple of god and you're the temple that god fills and tell us about being filled because we had it already and we can have it again
1: well this is um We're going to see it in chapter five that we're going to be called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, I think instinctively, I read that individualistically, but actually it's a filling of the people of God corporately as we do corporate things together. Um, And it's uh,
0: interesting. So we never hear that. So not just I can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but we... As the church can be sure, is the language of Ephesians. In fact, we need each other, speak to one another
1: with Psalms, hymns, etc. So it's it's something that is very precious as believers meet, and we, um, God Himself dwells amongst us as a community, um, and also um, the the filling. We, we saw it at the end of chapter one. Uh, we're going to see it in the prayers. Um, it's it's the um, the idea that um, that the very presence of god comes and uh we experience it in our um community so the the, the jesus who fills the universe has a particular focus his church and he comes and this is where he particularly can be experienced Um,
0: so we mustn't get the doctrine of god's omnipresence i mean god is everywhere yeah but we mustn't lose the fact that he can be especially present somewhere and that even you get that in the old testament don't you because when they build the temple, they go let God even the highest heavens couldn't contain him, much less this temple I've built, says Solomon. Yeah, although this is the place where God's name is gonna be. This is the place where you can pray towards and God will hear you, says one Kings chapter eight. And here it's the same thing, this is the place, verse eighteen, through him we have access in one spirit to the Father. So the temple has access as special presence, as relationship. Yeah.
1: So the, the overall the passage says remember, you, you don't bring anything to the table, but now see who you are and the great privilege that we enjoy as God's people. And those two things are what kind of protects our our unity, that
0: humility and confidence. I mean, you said to me, humble confidence is a good summary, and you never get those things together in the world, do you see? The confident person often is not the humble person. Yeah. And the humble person can be the downtrodden but to, to both to hold your head up high but no, you're only holding your head up high because of what Jesus did for you yeah. it's just com- beautifully combines those two things humility and confidence as you're one in Christ Jesus Amen